Chapter Ten of Heroines of Service. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Lynette Calkins. Heroines of Service by Mary Rosetta Parkman. Chapter Ten: The Heroine of Radium, Marie Sklodowska Curie one truth discovered is immortal and entitles its author to be so for like a new substance in nature it cannot be destroyed hazlitt the heroine of radium you would hardly think that a big bare room with rows of battered benches and shelves and tables littered with all sorts of queer-looking jars and bottles could be a hiding-place for fairies yet marie's father who was one of the wise men of warsaw said they were always to be found there yes little daughter he said the fairies you may chance to meet with in the woods peeping from behind trees and sleeping in flowers are a tricksy uncertain sort the real fairies who do things are to be found in my dusty laboratory they are the true wonder-workers and there you may really catch them at work and learn some of their secrets but father wouldn't the fairies like it better if it wasn't quite so dusty there asked the child no doubt of it replied the professor we need one fairy more to put us to rights at a time when most little girls are playing with dolls marie was playing fairy in the big classroom dusting the tables and shelves and washing the glass tubes and other things that her father used as he talked to his students i think we might see the fairies better if i make all these glasses clear and shiny said marie can i trust your little fingers not to let things fall asked her father remember my funny glasses are precious it might cost us a dinner if you should let one slip the professor soon found that his little daughter never let anything slip either the things he used or the things he said such a wise little fairy and such a busy one he would say I don't know how we could do our work without her. If Professor Ladislaus Sklodowsky had not loved his laboratory teaching above all else, he would have known that he was overworked. As it was, he counted himself fortunate in being able to serve truth and to enlist others in her service. For the professor's zeal was of the kind that kindles enthusiasm. If you had seen the faces of those Polish students as they hung on his words and watched breathlessly the result of an experiment, you would have known that they too believed in the wonder-working fairies. It seems as if the Polish people have a greater love and understanding of the unseen powers of the world than is given to many other nations. If you read the story of Poland's tragic struggles against foes within and without, until, finally, the stronger surrounding countries germany austria and russia divided her territory as spoil among themselves and she ceased to exist as a distinct nation you will understand why her children have sought refuge in the things of the spirit they have in a wonderful degree the courage that rises above the most unfriendly circumstances and says one day with life and heart is more than time enough to find a world some of them like chopin and paderewski have found a new world in music others have found it in poetry and romance and still others in science 
the child who dreamed of fairies in her father's classroom was to discover the greatest marvel of modern science a discovery that opened up a new world to the masters of physics and chemistry of our day marie's mother who had herself been a teacher died when the child was very small and so it happened that the busy father had to take sole care of her and make the laboratory do duty as a nursery and playroom it was not strange that the bright thoughtful little girl learned to love the things that were so dear to her father's heart would he not rather buy things for his work than have meat for dinner did he not wear the same shabby caftan the full russian topcoat that looks like a dressing-gown year after year in order that he might have material for important experiments truth was indeed more than meat and the love of learning more than raiment in that home and the little daughter drank in his enthusiasm with the queer laboratory smells which were her native air and the breath of life to her the time came when the child had to leave this nursery to enter school but always when the day's session was over she went directly to that other school where she listened fascinated to all her father taught about the wonders of the inner world of atoms and the mysterious forces that make the visible world in which we live she still believed in fairies oh yes but now she knew their names there were the rainbow fairies light waves that make all the colors we see and many more our eyes are not able to discover but which we can capture by interesting experiments there were sound waves too and the marvelous forces we call electricity magnetism and gravitation when she was nine years old it was second nature to care for her father's batteries beakers and retorts and to help prepare the apparatus that was to be used in the demonstrations of the coming day the students marveled at the child's skill and knowledge and called her with admiring affection professor rona daughter professor there was a world besides the wonderland of the laboratory of which marie was soon aware this was the world of fear where the powers of russia ruled in eighteen sixty one the poles had made a vain attempt to win their independence and when marie was a little girl she was born in eighteen sixty seven the authorities tried to stamp out any further sparks of possible rebellion by adopting unusually harsh measures it was a crime to speak the polish language in the schools and to talk of the old happy days when poland was a nation if any one was even suspected of looking forward to a better time when the people would not be persecuted by the police or forced to bribe unprincipled officials for a chance to conduct their business without interference he was carried off to the cruel yellow-walled prison near the citadel and perhaps sent to a life of exile in siberia since knowledge means independent thought and capacity for leadership the high schools and universities were particularly under suspicion years afterward when marie spoke of this reign of terror her eyes flashed and her lips were set in a thin white line time did not make the memory less vivid every corridor of my father's school had finger-posts pointing to siberia she declared dramatically when marie was sixteen she graduated from the gymnasium for girls receiving a gold medal for excellence in mathematics and sciences in russia as in germany the gymnasium corresponds to our high school but also covers some of the work of the first two years of college the name gymnasium signifies a place where the mind is exercised and made strong in preparation for the work of the universities 
the position as governess to the daughters of a russian nobleman was offered to the brilliant girl with the sweet serious eyes and gentle voice as it meant independence and a chance to travel and learn the ways of the world marie agreed to undertake the work now for the first time in her life the young polish girl knew work that was not a labor of love her pupils cared nothing for the things that meant everything to her how they loved luxury and show and gay chatter how indifferent they were to truth that would make the world wiser and happier how strangely you look mademoiselle marie said the little countess olga one day in the midst of her french lesson your eyes seem to see things far away marie was truly looking past her pupils past the rich apartment beyond russia into the great world of opportunity for all earnest workers she had overheard something about another plot among the students of warsaw and knew that some of her father's pupils had been put under arrest suppose they should try to make me testify against my friends said the girl to herself i must leave russia at once my savings will surely take me to paris and there i may get a place as helper in one of the big laboratories where i can learn as i work the eyes that had been dark with fear an instant before became bright with hope eagerly she planned a disguise and a way to slip off the very next night while the household was in the midst of the excitement of a masquerade ball everything went well and in due time she found her trembling self and her slender possessions safely stowed away on a train that was moving rapidly toward the frontier and freedom no one gave a second thought to the little elderly woman with gray hair and spectacles who sat staring out of the window of her compartment at the fields and trees rushing by in the darkness and the starry heavens that the train seemed to carry with it her plain black dress and veil seemed those of a self-respecting upper-class servant who was perhaps going to the bedside of a dying son i feel almost as old as i look marie was saying to herself but how can a girl who is all alone in the world with no one to know what happens to her help feeling old down in my heart though i know that life is just beginning there is something waiting for me beyond the blackness something that needs just little me it was a wonderful relief when the solitary journey was over and the elderly disguise laid aside shall i ever feel really young again said the girl who was not quite twenty-four but not for a moment did she doubt that there was work waiting for her in the big unexplored world during those early days in paris marie often had reason to be grateful for the plain living of her childhood that had made her independent of creature comforts now she knew actual want in her cold garret furnished only with a cot and chair like a hermit's cell she lived too on hermit's fare black bread and milk but even when it was so cold that the milk was frozen cold comfort indeed the fire of her enthusiasm knew no chill day after day she walked from laboratory to laboratory begging to be given a chance as assistant but always with the same result it was man's work why did she not look for a place in a milliner's shop one day she renewed her appeal to professor lippmann in the sorbonne research laboratories something in the still pale face and deep-set earnest eyes caught the attention of the busy man perhaps this strange determined girl was starving and besides the crucibles and test-tubes were truly in sad need of attention grudgingly he bade her clean the various accessories and care for the furnace 
her deftness and skill in handling the materials and a practical suggestion that proved of value in an important experiment attracted the favorable notice of the professor he realized that the slight girl with the foreign look and accent whom he had taken in out of an impulse of pity was likely to become one of his most valuable helpers a new day dawned for the ambitious young woman while supporting herself by her laboratory work she completed in two years the university course for a degree in mathematics and two years later she won a second degree in physics and chemistry in the meantime her enthusiasm for science and her undaunted courage in the face of difficulties and discouragements attracted the admiration of a fellow-worker pierre curie one of the most promising of the younger professors i love you and we both love the same things he said one day would it not be happier to live and work together than alone and so began that wonderful partnership of two great scientists whose hard work and heroic struggle crowned at last by brilliant success has been an inspiration to earnest workers the world over madame curie set up a little laboratory in their apartment and toiled over her experiments at all hours her baby daughter was often bathed and dressed in this workroom among the test-tubes and the interesting fumes of advanced research irene is as happy in the atmosphere of science as her mother was said madame curie to one of her husband's brother professors who seemed surprised to find a crowing infant in a laboratory and if i could afford the best possible nurse she could not take my place for my baby and i know the joy of living and growing together with those we love what was the problem that the mother was working over even when she sewed for her little girl or rocked her to sleep to the gentle crooning of an old polish folk-song whose melody chopin has wrought into one of his tenderest nocturnes the child who used to delight in experiments with light-waves in her father's laboratory was interested in the strange glow which professor becquerel had found that the substance known as uranium gave off spontaneously like the x-rays this light passes through wood and other bodies opaque to sunlight madame curie became deeply interested in the problem of the nature of the becquerel rays and their wonderful properties such as that of making the air a conductor for electricity one day she discovered that pitchblende the black mineral from which uranium is extracted was more radioactive that is it gave off more powerful rays than the isolated substance itself and she came to the conclusion that there was some other element in the ore which could it be extracted would prove more valuable than uranium with infinite patience and the skill of highly trained specialists in both physics and chemistry madame curie and her husband worked to obtain this unknown substance at times pierre curie all but lost heart at the seemingly insurmountable obstacles in the way it cannot be done he exclaimed one day with a groan truly nature has buried truth deep in the bottom of the sea but man can dive cher ami said his wife with a heartening smile think of the joy when one comes up at last with the pearl the pearl of truth at last their toil was rewarded and two new elements were separated from pitchblende polonium so named by marie curie in honor of her native poland and radium the most marvelous of all radioactive substances 
a tiny pinch of radium which is a grayish-white powder not unlike coarse salt in appearance gives out a strange glow something like that of fireflies but bright enough to read by moreover light and heat are radiated by this magic element with no apparent waste of its own amount or energy radium can also make some other substances diamonds for instance shine with a light like its own and it makes the air a conductor of electricity its weird glow passes through bone almost as readily as through tissue paper or through flesh and it even penetrates an inch-thick iron plate the curries now woke to find not only paris but the world ringing with the fame of their discovery the modest workers wanted nothing however but the chance to go on with their research you know how tennyson makes the aged ulysses look forward even at the end of his life to one more last voyage the type of the unconquerable human soul that ever presses on to fresh achievement he says all experience is an arch wherethrough gleams that untravelled world whose margin fades for ever and for ever when i move so it was with pierre curie and his wife their famous accomplishment opened a new world of interesting possibilities a world which they longed above all things to explore their one trouble was the difficulty of procuring enough of the precious element they had discovered to go on with their experiments because radium is not only rare but also exceedingly hard to extract from the ore it is a hundred times more precious than pure gold it is said that five tons of pitchblende were treated before a trifling pinch of the magic powder was secured it would take over two thousand tons of the mineral to produce a pound of radium moreover it was not easy to secure the ore as practically all the known mines were in austria and those in control wanted to profit as much as possible by this chance it does seem as if people might not stand in the way of our obtaining the necessary material to go on with our work lamented pierre curry what we discover belongs to the world to any one who can use it we have passed other lions in the way this too we shall pass said madame curie quietly they lived in a tiny house in an obscure suburb of paris giving all that they possessed the modest income gained from teaching and lecturing their share of the nobel prize of forty thousand dollars which in nineteen o three was divided between them and professor becquerel together with all their time and all their skill and knowledge to their work for recreation they went for walks in the country with little irene often stopping for dinner at quaint inns among the trees on one such occasion when dr curie had just declined the decoration of the legion of honor because it had no bearing on his work his small daughter climbed on his knee and slipped a red geranium into his buttonhole, saying with comic solemnity, "'You are now decorated with the Legion of Honor. Pray, monsieur, what do you intend to do about it?' "'I like this emblem much better than the glittering star on a bit of red ribbon, and I love the hand that put it there,' replied the father, his face lighting up with one of his rare smiles. "'In this case, I make no objection.' Other honors which meant increased opportunity for work, were quietly accepted. Pierre Curie was elected to the French Academy, the greatest honor his country can bestow on her men of genius and achievement. Madame Curie received the degree of Doctor of Physical Science, and, a distinction shared with no other woman, the position of special lecturer at the Sorbonne in Paris. 
one day in nineteen o six when dr curry his mind intent on an absorbing problem was absent-mindedly hurrying across a wet street he slipped and fell under a passing truck and was instantly killed when they attempted to break the news to madame curie by telling her that her husband had been hurt in an accident she looked past them with a white set face and repeated over and over to herself as if trying to get her bearings in the new existence that stretched blackly before her pierre is dead pierre is dead now as on that night when she was leaving russia for an unknown world she saw a gleam in the blackness there was work to be done there was something waiting in the shadowy future for her something that she alone could do as on that other night she found her lips shaping the words the big world has need of little me but oh it will be hard now to work alone then her eyes fell on her two little girls irene was now eight years old and baby eve was three who were standing quietly near with big wondering eyes fixed on their mother's strange face forgive me darlings she cried gathering her children into her arms we must try hard to go on with the work father loved together is a magic word for us still little daughters everybody wondered at the courage and quiet power with which madame curie went out to meet her new life she succeeded to her husband's professorship and carried on his special lines of investigation as well as her own the value of her work to science and to humanity may be indicated by the fact that in nineteen eleven the nobel prize was again awarded to her the only time it has ever been given more than once to the same person at home she tried to be father as well as mother she took the children for walks in the evening and while she sewed on their dresses and knitted them mittens and mufflers she told them stories of the wonderland of science why do you take time to write down everything you do asked eve one day as she looked over her mother's shoulder at the neat notebook in which the world-famous scientist was summing up the work of the day why does a seaman keep a log dearie the mother questioned with a smile a laboratory is just like a ship and i want things shipshape every day with me is like a voyage a voyage of discovery but why do you put question marks everywhere mother persisted the child it was true that the pages fairly bristled with interrogation points madame curie laughed as if she had never noticed this before it is good to have an inquiring mind child she said i am like my children i love to ask questions and when one gets an answer when you really discover something it only leads to more questions and so we go on from one thing to another when madame curie was asked on one occasion to what she attributed her success she replied without hesitation to my excellent training first under my father who taught me to wonder and to test second under my husband who understood and encouraged me and third under my children who questioned me it is the day of one of madame curie's lectures the dignified halls of the university are afluttered with many visitors from the world of wealth and fashion there too are distinguished scientists from abroad among whom are lord kelvin sir oliver lodge and sir william ramsay the president of france and his wife enter with royal guests don carlos and queen emilie of portugal and the shah of persia the plodding students and the sober men of learning ranged about the hall blink at the brilliant company like owls suddenly brought into the sunlight 
at a given moment the hum of conversation dies away and the assemblage rises to its feet as a little black-robed figure steps in and stands before them on the platform there is an instant's stillness a hush of indrawn breath you can almost hear and then the audience gives expression to its enthusiasm in a sudden roar of applause the little woman lifts up her hand pleadingly all is still again and she begins to speak she is slight almost pathetically frail this queen of science you feel as if all her life had gone into her work her face is pale and her hair is only a shadow above her serious brow but the deep-set eyes glow and the quiet voice somehow holds the attention of those least concerned with the problems of advanced physics bank and wealth mean nothing to this little black-robed professor it is said that when she was requested by the president to give a special demonstration of radium and its marvels before the shah of persia she amazed his serene highness by showing much more concern for her tiny tube of white powder than for his distinguished favor when the royal guest who had never felt any particular need of exercising self-control saw the uncanny light that was able to pass through plates of iron he gave a startled exclamation and made a sudden movement that tipped over the scientist's material now it was the lady professor's turn to be alarmed to pacify her the shah held out a costly ring from his royal finger but this extraordinary woman with the pale face paid not the slightest attention she could not be bribed to forget the peril of her precious radium it is to be doubted if the eastern potentate had ever before been treated with such scant ceremony in nineteen eleven madame curie's name was proposed for election to the academy of sciences while it was admitted that her rivals for the vacancy were below her in merit she failed of being elected by two votes there was a general protest since it was felt that service of the first order had gone unrecognized merely because the candidate happened to be a woman it was stated however that madame curie was not rejected for this reason but because it was thought wise to appoint to that vacancy professor branley who had given marconi valuable aid in his invention of wireless telegraphy and who since he was then an old man would probably not have another chance for the honor as madame curie on the other hand was only forty-three she could well wait for another vacancy since the outbreak of the present war the world has heard nothing new of the work of the heroine of radium we do not doubt however that like all the women of france and all her men of science she is giving her strength and knowledge to the utmost in the service of her adopted country but we know also that just as surely she is seeing the pure light of truth shining through the blackness and that she is following the gleam when the clouds of war shall have cleared away we may see that her labors now as in the past have not only been of service to her country but also to humanity for truth knows no boundaries of nation or race and he who serves truth serves all men End of chapter ten recording by lynette calkins monument colorado